Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Tim, is that, uh, I've never asked you this before. Maybe I've, maybe I've asked you this every week. I just don't <laughs> remember. Is that intro meant to be spooky? Uh, no, but it could be. It could be uh, if somebody's a real scaredy cat. Yeah. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to prescribe what people should be afraid of. Yeah. And what people should embrace. Right. Yeah, it's scary. Why do you think it's just kind of like a Dracula? Ooh. Yeah. Now it's meant to be playful, Tom. Yeah. We've both been drinking. <laughs> you know, it's a real. Uh, I hope they incorporate. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting off talking about the MCU right away, Tim. Oh, <laughs> this guy. This no, is, uh, but, but listen. Do you think this guy's still a, a patron? It's got if a, you're still a patron <laughs> who hates that we talk about the MCU in the first five sound minutes. Sound off in the comments. Sound off in the comments, my man. Um, we'll refund this month for you. <laughs> um, I hope that the MCU soon embraces... Uh, what the Marvel comics have embraced, which is that in the comics, in the Marvel comic universe, Dracula exists. Oh yeah, they should. Uh, I think they should integrate the whole dark universe into the MCU. No, because it's like I mean, and in the DC uh, comics, Frankenstein's a character, Frankenstein's monster, but they call him Frankenstein. How did they divvy up who gets the classic monsters? They, because there's, you know, the, they're public domain characters. Ah. Yeah, because so I was always confused own... in the MCU when it's like Thor. That's like a right. guy. That's exactly. a guy. But yeah, so like Thor is a perfect example of a, a public domain character that they've, especially in recent years, have really, you know, taken ownership of. Should when... get Jesus in there. <laughs> Should get Jesus in there. He's public domain at this point, Exactly. Right? Th- he has been for quite some like, time, I think. 2,000 years. But I feel like that, uh, I, don't, I don't know too much about the Marvel version of Dracula, but, like, he's fought fucking Blade and, like, uh, Morbius and, like, all, you know, all the, the living other... vampire? Hmm? He's Morbius the Living Vampire yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, against Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm not sure about the specifics of because, you know, for example, the the Marvel version of Thor is much more of a superhero than the Norse god version of Thor. Right. But I feel like well, the, they're all superheroes. Yeah. But it's like, ah, but, you know, literally we gave him a cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes he's like boring and sulky, and then a couple movies later, later he's like a wise, a real fun guy. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, cool. And uh, he can fly and yeah. stuff. But um, I feel like the Marvel version of Dracula is like pretty much just straight up Dracula. It's like you know Dracula from the stories; he's still around. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so I'm hoping the movies uh, get into Dracula at some point. I hope they bring in Abbott and Costello. And they meet Dracula? Yeah, and they meet freaking Iron Man. Yeah. And the Hulk. Yeah. Man, that's how you know when like Marvel's really flexing. If they're like, let's see if we can put out Abba and Costello meet the Hulk. <laughs> and see if we can still make a billion dollars off it. What, you wouldn't see that movie? Oh, I would I would be there day one. That would be the probably my favorite Marvel movie ever. And it would be a good workaround because they can't distribute Hulk movies. Uh, because Universal owns the distribution rights, but 
They maybe don't. I think they actually do own Abbott and Costello. Oh, yeah, yeah, they definitely do. But, but maybe it was somebody else. Maybe with well, Laurel and Dis- Hardy or something. Disney uh, inevitably, you know, uh, uh, eats up uh, Universal, Universal as well. Yeah. Um, ju- probably just for the Abbott and Costello meet the Hulk <laughs> movie yeah. that they want to do. Or Disney Plus series. I would watch like uh, Captain and Shemp. Disney Plus limited series. <laughs> Cap- Captain America? Yeah. And Shemp? Yeah. From the Three Stooges? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Imagine the whole time Captain America is very frustrated. Like, I, I asked you to hold my shield. Yeah. And you, you wrapped it around your brother's head, <laughs> <laughs> which I told you not to do. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Marvel. Well, maybe we'll talk about Marvel a little later. Tim, uh... Before we get into this week's book, I want to talk about um, this new Pepsi that's out there, Nitrogen Pepsi. Nitrogen Pepsi? Nitrogen Pepsi. It's uh, nitrogen, which is the same way. You can't ingest nitrogen, can you? Tim, you've ingested nitrogen every time you've had a Guinness. Wow. That's what they use to carbonate the Guinness. Oh, no, that's a Jameson. uh, Oh, plaque on my wall. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Tim, oh boy, was I, I was on a Zoom call with uh, my therapist once, and they were like, oh, is that your college degree there? <laughs> no, <laughs> you framed a certificate that you got from the Jameson <laughs> distillery. Yeah. You and I went and took the tour of the Jameson distillery when we did a show in Dublin. Yeah. And at the end, they just pick two people mm-hmm. from... The crowd, uh, from the From the crowd, uh-huh. from like the eight people that are on <laughs> yeah, any given tour. it's not a very big audience. They pick a quarter of the people to like taste the Jameson, mm-hmm. and it's like a taste test. Yeah, it's, but they like told you which one was the Jameson. Well, or you've already tried Jameson at that point a few times. Yeah, and then they have you try Jameson. That would probably make it harder. The what? more Jameson you drink, the harder it is to identify anything. Uh, no, because basically the test was just they had you try. Jameson, and then uh, I think it was like Johnny Walker Red, which they said was the best-selling scotch. Right. And then Smoky. Yeah, and then uh, Jack Daniels, which is like the best-selling bourbon, I guess. Right. Um, and after you've had like a few tastes of Jameson, it's very easy side by side. It's like, oh, these taste like way different. Right. And like they're asking you which tastes better, and you know, unless you, you're a moron, you a you're gonna say, "Oh, if this you say, one." Yeah. So this certificate says, "Tim, Tim is stood up. He has the microphone in his yeah, hand. This, this is, is unprecedented. This is to certify that Tom Reynolds visited the home of Jameson and is a and is a qualified Irish whiskey taster." Yeah. Um. Uh, signed by the CEO yeah. of Old Jameson Distillery, John something? Probably like Jameson. Uh, John Caffrey, it looks like, maybe? Yeah. Um, 14, 3, 2013. Yeah. And the 14th month of the year, which is strange, huh? Tom, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary <laughs> of this, and you yeah. framed it and put it on your wall. Okay. Yeah, I've had it framed ever since I got it. Um, well, they gave you a certificate. And uh, I should be getting my uh, my Irish passport uh, next month. 
Nice. Did I, you I, did you mention the certificate when you were applying no, for it? No, I, I I mentioned my citizenship and I sent in the documentation to yeah, prove yeah. that I'm an Irish citizen so I could get my passport. But before COVID, uh, I would have been able to just for uh, what uh, amble up to the uh, uh, the the Irish embassy in New York City and be like, "Hey, I need a passport." Uh, because they'd be able to do that if I were uh, a sole Irish resident who, you know, probably happens all the time. Probably how often do you think people are over here on vacation? They lose their passports. They have to go to the embassy to get a new passport. That's what I would have essentially how been able to do. How often do you think that happens? How uh, often probably do you think not that Irish often, embassy? but I bet they deal with it a few times a day. Really? No, because if you lose your passport, you're fucked. Like what? no, I know, but like, how many Irish yeah, people are losing their passport? Tim, they like to drink. That's true. <laughs> I can say that. I as, almost as got an as a, student, as a citizen. Um, I almost got my <laughs> passport stolen in London. Yeah, that's true. And you would have had to go to the American embassy. Remember when my bag got stolen yeah. in London? You would have had to run to the American embassy, get it, get on American soil. When I was going to that gig uh-huh. with my bag, you with had all just my... gotten your passport too. Yeah, it was it had all my possessions in it, mm-hmm. and I was walking to the elevator in the ho- in the hotel to yeah. go down. I was like, "My passport's in my backpack. I should take it out." And I went back to my room and took my passport out. <laughs> yeah, thank God I did. Good thing you'd still be living in England if it weren't for that. Then I was so depressed when my when all my worldly belongings yeah. were stolen from me i went back to that hotel mm-hmm. uh ordered a pizza uh-huh room service yeah um argued with them about something they they were like closed or whatever and i was like <laughs> no you gotta open up and i was really upset and then i passed out because i was really drunk yeah which is how, up, how you lost everything in the first place yeah and i woke up the next morning, and there was a cold pizza outside my door. Mm. I think they were probably banging on my door for a while. Yeah, trying to probably. Get me to open up. They probably were not happy with me, but I was not happy with their stupid country. <laughs> and and you, you proved that by only going back like eight other times. Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to go back? Do you think they'll invite us back to the London Podcast Festival? Who knows after what you did last time? I was, I've, I've been nothing but. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, who knows what. Uh, would you go back? It, you got a, a baby now. Who's going to watch the baby? My wife. Uh, 24-7? Yeah, I mean, the two of us do it 24-7. <laughs> yeah, but that's the two of you. She's All more right. than capable. Maybe you... maybe the three of us will go. Maybe I'll bring oh. the baby on stage. Maybe he'll, he'll, he'll get bit by the bug. Well... <laughs> Some some bug that's only in the UK. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That you're, you're talking about that 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 famous bug in the UK that ah, maybe you'll loves be to kept bite babies. By a radioactive spider. Maybe yeah. Become yeah, British Spider Man. Sound off in the comments again. <laughs> uh, Tim, this week we I started reading a new book. So I did. I don't even know why I did this. Why I was like, you know what? I want to read. Something that I don't want to read. <laughs> I want to read like a beat. That's showing that you're open-minded. I guess that's what it is. Like I've been reading. So actually for pleasure, for pleasure, 
lately. Gross. I've been reading. You read for pleasure. Uh, you pleasure yourself <laughs> while reading books. I've been reading. Get this, Sam. You're going to think I'm the biggest nerd you've ever heard of. I've been reading a Star Wars novel. Star Wars and Marvel? You are a weird nerd, dumb. <laughs> Tim, no, I'm just a Disney adult now. Um, no, because I like... I, I'm only a fan of the uh, the Mandalorian. Right. But uh, now the Mandalorian is hinting at a, a big villain called Thawne. Th- Thawne Thor. or Thrawn? Thor. Thawne, I think it is. Uh, and they're, they're, he's from the books, so I'm reading the books. And it's pretty good so far. So I think maybe that's it. That wait, I was, the books are canon again. Yeah, these there are new books that are canon, yeah. but written by the guy who invented the character back when you know in the, like the nineties when anything goes. Got it. But anyway, I started reading these because people said this guy uh, Timothy Zahn's like a great writer. So I've been Is reading he Steve this. Steve Zahn's brother. He's Steve Zahn's brother, and he's also uh, somehow related to you because you have the same first name. Yeah, that's how people are generally related. <laughs> um, but it's uh, me if I married Steve Zahn, like <laughs> I had planned on. <laughs> yeah, so what I put on my vision board. Yeah, uh, and <sighs> it's a beautiful dream. He is a he's a great man, Steve Zahn. Tom, telling you twenty. 20- End of 2022, 2023, the Zonaissance is coming. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would I would argue the Zonaissance is here. Yeah, it's it's in the early stages. Yeah, but people don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, when, when the medieval Renaissance started, nobody that first year was like, here it is, the Renaissance. Yeah, exactly. The, no, it's not until you, you got a little distance it, yeah. from it that you can and see. Like, Real when heads know at this, at this moment, oh, we're in the midst of a Zonaissance, <laughs> right. but it hasn't hit. Yeah, people's kids are going to be like, what was it like in 2022 during the Zonaissance? They're going to be like, you know what? It's crazy. You're not even going to believe this, but we didn't even know it was the Zonaissance mm-hmm. yet because it was just getting started. Um, and their kids, you know, their kids are going to be like, I'll disintegrate you for saying that. Yeah, at, that, at this point, there are disintegration guns yeah, available readily. Children are threatening their parents. <laughs> um, but anyway. Because only the kids have them. I feel like maybe because I'm reading like a real nerdy book that I'm like, ah, I should like read something challenging for books to podcast. Right. Like I'm reading something that's like purely for pleasure because I'm like, Mad. Like written for idiots, right? It's not written for idiots, but it, but it's you know I I missed the Mandalorian, so I'm reading this instead. Um, I will say that actually you missed the one lady from the Mandalorian the most, though, right? Which oh, <laughs> the one that got canceled? Yeah. Uh, no, she was good in the show. It's a shame that she seems to really suck in real life. Mm. Um, but the. Uh, what was I going to say about the, oh, the problem with this book is that I'm not a big enough Star Wars nerd to be reading a Star Wars novel because so many times they just, you're like Jabba the what? (laughs) uh, uh, So this is a sentient building I'm to understand. (laughs) No, but they'll, they won't describe like ships and stuff. That's okay. 
No, no but, it's a spaceship. But I want like a basic idea of like, well, how big is that ship? Mm. And they'll be like, an A-class ship lands. Yeah, and I'm like, you know. Uh, you I, know, right? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know how big an A- Is that uh, it, one guy, a thousand guys? I have no idea. Yeah. So there are a few things like that. Just assume like 50 guys. Yeah, but it's fine. I mean, that hasn't deterred me from enjoying this novel. Um, but yeah, so I was like, you know. What's I, the novel called? Thrawn. Oh, it's like just his name. Yeah, it's just his name. <laughs> Earlier, you didn't know what his name was. <laughs> I can remember if it was Thon or Thrawn. It's Thrawn. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, I know a, a guy, a guy named Loran. <laughs> I thought you were about to say I know a guy named Thrawn. <laughs> no, I know a guy. It rhymes. Yeah, um, Loran was one of the nicest guys I've ever met. You say so. Uh, well, the then he's got one up on Thrawn. Yeah, not a nice guy. Evil man, right? Uh, is, he not, some, is he a big slug? No, like a job no. Of the Tim, hunt? get this. He looks just like me and you, except he's got blue skin and red eyes. Hmm. Imagine so that. So not very much like us at all. No, but fundamentally more, you know, in the like grand, Skeeter. Yeah, from and, Duck. And also, if, like, if Skeeter had red eyes. Also, in the grand scheme of like Star Wars. I mean, he looks a lot more like Luke Skywalker than uh, Jabba the Hutt does. That's true. Or um, he's not uh, a big slug. Like he's got that going. You walk or a Wookie. Yeah. Um. Hey, Tom. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Yeah. They got like the Ewok adventure and stuff on that. Oh, I don't know. I'd like to watch those. I remember that was like the only. Star Wars thing I knew as a kid, and I liked it. It's the only Star Wars thing I liked as a kid. Yeah, because it had the Ewoks. They're Um, cute. They're like little bears. That that was why when those uh, prequel trilogies came out and everybody was shitting on them, and uh, George Lucas was like, well, no, these are movies for children. (laughs) Uh, That's when I learned later that, uh, you know, adult Star Wars fans, like in the 80s, hated Ewoks. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, but I remember as a kid, that was the only thing I knew and liked about Star Wars. I feel like, like old uh, Georgie's trying to have it both ways, though, right? Because he's like, oh, these are for kids. Yeah. But he's also like, and it's about international trade agreements. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, about, you know, like that it's about unfair taxation. Yeah. Um, intergalactic trade agreements, technically. Too. That's true, yeah. Um, so anyway. Well, kids are into that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you throw in the word intergalactic into something, yeah. you're like, uh, this, it's about taxation. Boring intergalactic taxation. Mm, all right. Yeah, kids and Beastie Boys uh, fans. <laughs> yes. Their ears perk up. Oh, intergalactic, you say. Intergalactic planetary? <laughs> um, so I want to read a beatnik book. I think I just want to read one of these like books from the 50s that... You know, originally the poll was going to be something like Boomer Books. Yeah. Um, and that it, would be like freaking like, who moved my cheese, right? R- yeah, it was like kind of tough to define. Or like, uh, what was that book about? The Olive Branch and the Lexus or something, right? Where uh, it's just like, here's why globalization, I don't know. Well, so I almost put Fear and Loathing in this. But then I was in like, Las Vegas yeah. or another place. Yeah, uh, yeah, Las Vegas. That's the one. Yeah. But um, but then I was like, uh, 
you know, there are people argue that that uh, Hunter S. Thompson was a beat, uh, was like part of the beat movement. Even Hunter though, S. Thompson? Yeah, really? even though it was after after it was over that it's like, oh, but he was like in the same vein of that. But it's like, well, I don't want people that are like on a technicality. And also it's like, oh, it, it, people know Fear and Loathing because there was a movie that did very well. I mean, people knew that before. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying. You're like, just a dep head. <laughs> I'm just saying people, uh, well, uh, to be fair, Tim, I was called during the trial this week as a, now, as a character witness. I hear that witness. was on television. Did was you it watch on it on television? Oh, I didn't know. Why the fuck would it be on TV? That's you know, insane. Why would OJ be on TV? OJ, because he murdered somebody. This is like a lawsuit. This is like a libel lawsuit, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Huh. I, I mean, I was also going to say, why would it be on TV? It's like, Johnny because Depp both is, of these yeah. people want to be on TV. <laughs> yeah. They want to be on the movie screen. Yeah. Uh, but they got to be in court instead. But anyway, uh, yeah, I. What was I talking about before we got on to Job of the Hut? Oh, I, no, I was going to say um, uh, Fear and Loathing. I was like, you know, that that has the most name recognition and people are just going to pick that. Right. So I'm not going to pick that. I'm not going to put that as an option. Right. So put up a bunch of options. Uh, found, they found picked out, the, mo- the one with the most name recognition. Uh, yeah. Well, I found out one, one of the. First off, I mean, I was trying to keep things diverse because, like, all these, you know, it's just like old white guys. Yeah, but. But then that. That's what you wanted, right? You didn't want to. You wanted to read something that you hated. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the problem because uh, then I was reading stuff where people are like, well, James Baldwin was kind of a, you know, part of the beat movement. In yeah, a way, to shit all over James yeah, Baldwin. Exactly. I was like, no, like, never no, in a million I'm years. Gonna, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but then even trying to find female beat every single like notable or at least like easily Googleable uh, female beat author is just somebody who is a girlfriend or wife of like a famous white guy beat author who then like wrote a tell all book about how all these guys sucked. <laughs> And those are like the most, you know, well-known books. Uh, All right, so the the choices were. So uh-huh. I'm bringing this up. Howl by uh, Allen Ginsberg. What yeah. is that? That's that. Uh, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed. I don't know, Tim. I didn't win, so I didn't read it. Okay. Um, it's a po- it's a poem, right? Yeah. Um, the system of Dante's hell. Yeah. Um, by Amiri Bakar, Baraka. Who apparently was a uh, 9-11 conspiracy guy. Uh, I mean, so are you, kind mm, of. No, I'm not a 9-11 conspiracy guy. Don't don't say that about me. <laughs> no. Uh, and also, it, he was into the 9-11 conspiracies of like, you know, there were no Jews in the oh, building yeah, that yeah. day. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, Factotum by Charles Bukowski. Yeah. You ever read any Bukowski? No. And that's why I was like, yeah, let me put, uh, you know, a book of his in there. I read some of his stuff. Tommy, you would hate him even more than I do. I think I read, what did I read? I read Post Office. Yeah. That, that, that I almost put on there too. I've read, uh. Or not two instead. I wouldn't put two by the same office. Ham on Rye. 
Yeah. Is that on, in the mix there? That, that was, uh, I, I saw it. It was, it was considered for the mix maybe just because, uh, you know, who doesn't like a sandwich theme booked, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, ultimately. Here's the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. you want to talk about a guy who hates women, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Memoirs of a Beatnik by is this Diane? Yeah, Duprima. Yeah, she, she. I forget who she was like uh, the the lover of, but yeah, it was like, and and it sounds like she was a very talented author in I'm her like own age, right, sensually and intellectually. Yeah. On the road by Jack Kerouac. Yeah, knickknack Kerouac. Give my dog a bone. Uh. The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe. Yeah. I tried reading that book, Tom. Yeah, because it sounds like, oh, shit, nice. Uh, Kool-Aid acid. Even, you know, what kind of acid? I don't know, but either one, neat. Yeah. Um, I threw that book across the room and right into the freaking garbage. I couldn't oh, stand I, these merry see, pranksters. I, you got to say, I threw that book right across the room right into my fireplace. I wish I had a fireplace. <laughs> These people listening don't know. They maybe in their mind's eye in the theater of the mind, they're picturing both of us with our own fireplaces right now, yeah. even though we're in the same room. They don't know that. Um, th- these merry pranksters. Yeah, I, I I got so incensed, and then Naked Lunch by William S. Burroughs. Um, yeah, exactly. That yeah. Uh, famous Simpsons joke. They come out of the movie. Uh, naked lunch, and uh, I think Nelson goes. I can tell you two things wrong with the title of that movie. Yeah. Uh, there's also a book called Naked at Lunch that's about nudist colonies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I almost accidentally picked that one up. So on the road, one. I was hoping the electric Kool Aid acid test would win because um, it made me so mad. I yeah. imagine it would make you even angrier. So, yeah, On the Road won, and the wacky thing about On the Road... Uh, wait until you read On the Road 2. <laughs> it's even worse. Uh, there are now two versions of On the Road. There's the original version that came out in, I think, 1950... I'm just like, pick up the book that's yeah. right next to you. Well... I, I think it was 1957, maybe. Okay. Uh, which was uh, a while after it was written. Um, 1957 was one of his original. Like I said. Yeah. Uh, however, there is also this version, which is the 50th anniversary version, and it is called On the Road, the Original Scroll, the Legendary First Draft, rougher, wilder, and racier than the 1957 version. Right. So, Tim. Uh, which version do you think I'm going to go for? Tom, you're hardcore. The humdrum version or the racier, wilder, and rougher version? Are you, I think you would go for the only one you could find at the bookstore. No, they had both. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the, you should read them both and compare. Oh, fuck you. I'm not going to read this more than I have to. Um, the... The reason, the ultimate reason why... I will remind you, we're making $147,000 this month for you to read this book. Tim, even if that were true, I don't know if it'd be worth it. Um, the, the reason why I went for this book is that the original version, he has, uh, he uses, it's a, uh, uh, what do they call it, a Romana clef. Okay. So it's like a 
true story, but not really. It's somebody like fictionalizing a real story. Right. Thinly veiled. And basically it was because the publisher was like, you're saying a lot of like crazy shit in this book. First off, we're going to cut a lot of that crazy shit out because it's 1957. Nobody's ready for this yet. But also, uh, like we don't want one of these people to turn around and sue us. So we're going to make you change the names. Right. And that I didn't really like because part of the appeal of reading this for beatnik month is that there is all these other beatniks in it. Okay. So the main figures that are changed, uh, William S. Burroughs. Hey, we know him. Yeah. So in in the original the version. The liar from Naked Lunch. In the original version, he is named Old Bill Lee. Okay. And then uh, Allen Ginsberg. Yeah, we know him from that. Uh, John is in the basement mixing up the medicines, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the original text, he is Carlo Marx. And then Neil Cassidy, who in the original version is Dean Moriarty. Yeah. And then Carol. Wait, wait, Dean Moriarty isn't in this version that you're reading? No, he is Neil Cassidy in That's, this version. I mean, the only thing I know about On the Road is, oh, with famous Dean Moriarty. Uh, and then also Kerouac is Kerouac in this book. But in the, in the original version, the narrator is Sal Paradise. Yeah. Uh, well, you're saying, yeah, I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't well, read the first book. Well, you a little bit about the Beatniks once in a while. Well, I'm learning it now, and I'm telling everybody well, else about it. Nobody wants to listen to the, listen the to Hold a... Steady, where he talks about Sal Paradise. I don't listen to Hold Steady. Nobody's going to talk. <laughs> nobody's listening to this podcast. And... Look, nobody wants to listen to the Hold <laughs> Steady, Tom. It's something you do. We live in Brooklyn. We have to. Well, look. <laughs> <laughs> they, they drop it off at the front door. We're old they millennials. Say, you got till the end of no, the week. We, listen we're to this. Old millennials living in Brooklyn. Yeah. You have to go. You have to like the whole, the whole study. But this just made me think, Tim. Uh, William S. Burroughs was old bully. Allen Ginsberg, Carlo Marx, Neil Cassidy, Dean Moriarty, and Jack Kerouac, Sal Paradise. What would what would my name be in one of these? Old uh, fuckface. <laughs> You can't put that in a 1957 book. Johnny fuckface. No. I I if I was writing a Roman a Clef and I had to put a version of you, uh, I came up with the name Paul Frankenstein. Me? Yeah. I'm Paul Frankenstein? Yeah. No, you're Paul Frankenstein. I'm not Paul Frankenstein. I'm Jimmy Wolfman. <laughs> Jimmy Wolfman. Uh, um, so that's why I wanted to read this version. I, I wanted to read and now also, the thing about uh, On the Road is it, it's kind of more, I feel like it's more famous for how it was written. Right. And the way it was written is that uh, 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 Jack Kerouac wrote the original. And now this this version has been slightly edited, apparently. Why are you obsessed? No, no. I wish it was more edited. <laughs> um but he wrote this book in 20 days. He wrote his first draft was 125,000 words. So it works out to a, like about 6,000 words a day. Just yeah. a lot of words to write every day. But it was also written on a typewriter, of course. Well, not of course. It could have been handwritten. But it was written on a typewriter. One long sheet of paper. Ding! Yeah. Ding. He took apparent. I think it was like tracing paper. 
mm-hmm. and had uh, taped a bunch of it together. So yeah. that's why it is called the original scroll because the original he was on version, drugs. Yeah, he was on uh, uh, amphetamines. It, yeah, I forget because he talks about them. They're they're called bennies in here. Benzos. Yeah, no, but it's not benzos. Uh, that's what I thought. But but benzos aren't. Oh, that's like amphetamine. Yeah, yeah, it's like the other thing. Yeah, that that's to calm you down, not to hype you up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was on amphetamine. Wrote this in twenty days. One huge long scroll. Right now, what I did not know before benzadrine. Benzadrine, yeah. So like amphetamine. Yeah, the first amphetamine prescribed for medical use. Okay. What and for writers? Yeah. Um. What I did not realize. Oh, Benny and the Jet in the Jets. Oh, that's what it. that's about. Benny and the Jets. And now what are that the Jets? That was about a band. So it's about uh, Benadine. That's what it's called, Benzadine, and uh, the uh, NFL team, look, the Jets. North Point, North Point, Washington dot com. Okay, yeah, that's where I go for all my news. Yeah. Elton John song, Benny and the Jets, is a reference to Benzedrine and amphetamines. $20 Nosebleed, a song on Fallout, Fallout Boy's fourth album, pertains to recreational use of the drug. Kane, the RoboCop 2 villain, <laughs> uses oh, yeah. Benzedrine while he develops a new illegal narcotic. Okay. Novelist Ian Fleming had master spy James Bond take Benzedrine pills to stay awake before yeah. a key confrontation in The Spy Who Loved Me. Well, I mean, that's what, uh, you know, even nowadays Nobody I... Nobody does <laughs> it better. Um, Engelbert even, Humperdinck wrote that, that song. Even nowadays, a lot of, uh, like, amphetamines are used in uh, in the military. You know, if, yeah. if you're like uh, flying a fighter jet and it's like, you got to be up there for, you know, 24 hours or whatever. We're going we're gonna to refuel you, but you have to, we're also going to give you a couple of pet pills to yeah. help you out during that. What do they give you in Metal Gear Solid when you... Uh... Oh, yeah, because you get pills in that. It might yeah. be Benzedrine. I feel like the, it's something, that probably they changed the name yeah. because they didn't want to get in trouble. Uh no, I think it's uh diazepam. Yeah, because it diazepram, steadies you. Diazepam, yeah. yeah, it steadies you when you when you have to uh, shoot. So yeah, uh, but they didn't prescribe it to authors because they wanted to write a long scroll mm. <laughs> of hundred twenty five thousand words. Do you have in there uh, what Truman Capote said? What about this book? About this book? Yeah. What? That's not writing. That's typing. Yeah, that ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your checks for free. Um, no, I mean, it's 100% right. that, And I've, I've heard this about other authors that, you know, there are plenty of authors that use uh, amphetamines. Truman Capote was sassy, though. About it. He was sassy. <laughs> but, I mean, there are a lot of uh, authors that have and do use amphetamines to write. But the thing I've always heard about it is like, yeah, you can tell when somebody's writing on amphetamines because it's just like stream of con. Right. Like, yeah, you can get a lot of words on the page, 
but you're going to have to do twice as much work editing it because it's, you know, half of it's going to be just complete garbage, which uh, checks out from this book (laughs) so far. But what I was going to say is what I did not realize about this unedited version is that there's no fucking formatting to it. There's no paragraphs. There are no paragraphs. There are no chapters. There are sentences. Is that that not the case with the the originally published No, the original version has chapters and paragraphs. I'm Mm. pretty sure. I haven't looked at it uh, to to know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's the case. I don't think it... It might not have like a ton of chapters, but it has... Chapters I don't care about. Chapters, whatever. Yeah, chapters is fine, but paragraph breaks. Here, thumb through this, because I want Mm. you to like... It's not so you really look at it that you're like, Jesus Christ. Oh, I see something here. There's some sort well, of Well, no. So the first hundred pages of the book are just essays about the book. Uh, you, did you read those? Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is this. I didn't, to begin with. There's no... Pa- oh, there are page numbers. I was going to say. <laughs> there are no even page numbers. Oh, you went to Greenlight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Greenlight books. I just bought my son a good night moon from Greenlight. Yeah, I can't read Tim. He's six months old. I read it to him. Are you an idiot? Oh, you read it to him? Yeah. Oh, boy. Participation award. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got Tim. Tom, he's five months old. He's already got 50 participation trophies. You should be putting that. Put that book in his crib and every night tell him, hey, you want to read this book so bad? Figure it out. Yeah. And that kid will be reading before he's a year old. Yeah, when I, when I was young, fucking Put, figured it out. Uh, leave this, some... I would not read this book, so... <laughs> this looks annoying. It is. So, I I started reading... I, I... So, you didn't read very much. I saw this where the bookmark is. Yeah. And I was like, wow, imp- impressive progress. You read like 40 pages. Yeah, I read like 40 or 50 pages. <laughs> no, 40. You're on page 150 and it starts on page 109. Yeah, so, I read 41 pages. <laughs> I don't know how, how far you got down page 50. Well, that's a real annoying thing, too, is like putting so you a- had to like uh, put a mark yeah like because normally i'll wait for like a paragraph break yeah, of course uh, like, like a, a clean person. break yeah. yeah and then put a bookmark in there or i'll know okay i'm on this page and it's gonna be the the first paragraph beginning on this page is so, there something nice and like immersive about it at least do you feel I'll, like i'll get to oh, that. i'm in like the mind of a fucking adult man <laughs> and like uh, it's annoying, but at least I'm I'm feeling it. So, like you read House of Leaves, right? Yeah. And like stylistically, it's to, yeah, yeah, it's all over the place. You're having to, you know, switch the book all around. Um. So the reason why I'm only like uh, 50 pages into this is that I got that far, and I was like, you know what? I should probably read these essays. No, you shouldn't. Because I, I want to know more about how this book's written. And I read the first essay, which is like 50 pages is long. Is it by like, anybody notable? Or is uh, it just I, like some like Kerouac scholar from mm, the University of Michigan? Or probably whatever? somebody notable that I don't know. Uh, oh, no. Howard Cunell, who's like in the book. Oh, it's yeah. like a friend of his. Um and it it was uh, even more boring than the book reading about <laughs> the book. So uh, 
So that was that was a waste of time because uh, it really didn't give me like much idea about. They do this at the beginning of books, like classic books, right? When they're doing like a reprint, and they like assume like, oh, you know a lot about the book, and sometimes you don't know a lot of that. Exactly, the book. And that it's just was like put this essay at the end. Yeah, that's when I'll read it. It's very strange to me. Like this version seems a hundred percent geared towards people who are have already read the original probably multiple times and it's like hey can't get enough here's the original scroll and then here's literally a quarter of this book is essays about this book right um so that's a huge selling point it's not just like oh here's a little preamble about a uh, preface about what you're about to read it's like no here's uh Probably what some people bought bought this book for, and probably Nobody just bought that book to your Howard Cunnell's. <laughs> and probably just kind of skimmed the rest, and we're like, "Oh, all right, I'll never read this though." There's no fucking paragraph breaks, so I didn't really get much from that uh, preface. So I had to like read about uh, what was he talking about. <sighs> It, just like a lot you of like paying attention. You read no, this late at night, Tom? No, I read it today, but it's just kind of like it's the kind of stuff that you gloss over. Like there are so many names in it. And it's like, I don't know who the fuck I these people when there's are. Names and things from real life. And it's so, so like, just don't tell me names or I'm not going to read that. Like I literally when name when it's like a bunch of names in a nonfiction book. Yeah. I just like gloss. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually uh, read me the names. Too. Uh, Red's mother, Mary Moultrie, has an affair with Dean Pomery and dies giving birth to Red's half brother, Dean Pomerari Jr. Is, Wade Moultrie's yeah. farm has gone to ruin. A debt. It's like what? I don't know who any of these people yeah. are. So that was a waste of time. But now let me say this: reading the actual book. I've liked it more than I expected to. Really? Yeah. And I Because you're a beatnik yourself? Uh, maybe I'm turning into one daddy. Oh, daddy oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, that's disgusting. I'm, I'm going to go home. I'll see myself out. <laughs> um, I'm calling a car and I'm out of here. Um, uh, but I've enjoyed it more than I expected to. But I think I'm getting into a part that I'm not going to enjoy as much. Because the first, like, 30 pages, it's just Kerouac, like, uh, trying to get to San Francisco by way of Denver from New York. And it's kind of like... What do you mean by way of Denver? Like, he stops He's stopping over in Denver, yeah. Or, I think originally he's just going... Does he fly on a plane? No, he doesn't fly on a plane. Timmy hitchhikes. Okay. And I was going to say, that's not the beatnik way. I'm trying to remember. I think it's like he was going to San Francisco, but then like a little while in, it's like, hey, a bunch of us are me. One problem I, I have with this book that's kind of actually literally a huge problem I have, and I get it because he's, you know, he's writing this in 1950, not because it took a while to get this published. Right. Because um, it stinks. <laughs> Yeah, basically. I mean, it stinks. And also, like, there were a lot of, well, it doesn't stink because, I, like I just said, I kind of like it. Yeah. But uh, a lot of stuff they did, apparently, when he brought this to publishers, they were like, where are you out of your mind? We're not going to print. You're talking about 
uh, how would you know this guy's huge cock and these ladies? What are you talking about? You haven't told us about huge cocks and well, ladies. Well, I'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, he had trouble publishing it, and of course, he was like, "Listen, no, I want it published the way it is." Um, but uh, one of my big questions reading this book is like. I'm constantly amazed at how these people coordinate with each other during cross country trips in fucking 1950. Yeah. Where I'm like, how did, and, and especially when it's like, uh, you know, oftentimes they don't have, they're traveling with like little to no money. So it's like, you, I, you couldn't even use a pay phone. You had to like use a phone. I don't know, somewhere. Did they have one like, of those devices and like in hackers that made it? Uh, Tim, I don't think they had. So they could even make the free idea of hacking. Maybe the... hacking a tree with an axe. My mom talks about when she went to uh, Europe when she was like in her like 20s or uh-huh. early 20s. And like she and a friend like went <laughs> all around. just like, well, in six months either I'll be back in this airport or I don't come back and that meant I died at some point. Yeah, no, but there was like, uh, I think like American Express offices in mm. each city and she would go and like oh, people like- would send mail there and so she'd get like mail and oh, like okay. she'd be like, oh yeah, eventually I'll be in Paris and yeah. then they'll be like, oh. It probably costs so much money. I mean, maybe not. Nothing cost any money at that point. At that point, everything was expensive. I think it was a nickel. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm constantly amazed at at the coordination here. And he doesn't get into the nitty gritty because, again, I think it's like, well, everybody in the 50s knew that it was like, I'm not going to explain like, oh, I had to call 10 times before this right. person was home. Yeah. And I mean, why would you? Exactly. Uh, oh, I also have my notes I want to bring up. I, I I don't really like this book because the inside looks like it has mustard stains. Like the inside cover. Like on purpose? Yeah, like it's meant to. And I don't like books that are cut like this, like the rough cut. Yeah, why? You know what I'm talking it's about? Not, it's not even yeah. on the side like the, the pages edges. some of the pages are longer than others yeah it's a very like rough i mean there's like yeah the, like little pieces of the paper i'm flicking yeah. off here and i think it's because it's like look man it's the original scroll i mean I, there there's lots of books like that i, I know don't and know i hate they them do all that. yeah cut them square cut them like, square already fair get, and square I, I get that it looks cool it looks like rough but it's a pain in the ass to turn the pages sometimes, and it's a pain in the ass to flip. The only through. rough I like is Dennis the Menace's dog. <laughs> um, so those are, those are my problems with the physical book. Yeah. Um, oh, I also have in this, apparently the original version, uh, the last 30 pages, his dog ate. In real? In yeah, real life? In, yeah, for is real. Is that where the, the, the phrase comes from? The dog ate my homework? Yeah. No, because this wasn't his homework. Why did he do it on tracing paper? I'm guessing because it was cheap and light, mm. maybe. Um, but I have in my notes here, how good can something be if a dog ate the last 30 pages, but they put it out anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who 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 said that? The... the uh... 
How did you find out that? Uh, the- just through like Google searching oh, and like yeah. reading articles about. You like, didn't read this book, did you? No, I did read this book because. Uh, all right, I'm going to talk about the book itself. Um, oh, <laughs> although I do have this one funny uh, quote that uh, that I found, I think on Wikipedia. Kerouac's novel is often described as a defining work of the post World War II beat generation, and Kerouac came to be called the king of the beat generation, a term which he never felt comfortable with, which he never felt comfortable. He once observed, I'm not a beatnik. I'm a Catholic showing the reporter a (laughs) painting of Pope Paul the sixth and saying, you know who painted that me? (laughs) He's a good painter, I guess. Yeah, probably. But it's like the idea of like, you don't believe I'm Catholic. Here's a painting of the Pope. I did. (laughs) Maybe that will convince you. Um, but anyway, yeah, so yeah, the beginning of the book, he, he's just trying to get across the country. And this part I found interesting because he's not talking so much about him and his friends. He's talking more about like the, you know, random characters he meets across the way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, like Palky Bartokovus. No. So Larry here, Appleton. Here are two of the names to the people he was traveling with for a little bit Mississippi Gene and Montana Mississippi Slim. Gene. Mississippi Gene and Montana Slim. Those those sound, you know what? If you're hitchhiking across the country, those are the names of the kind of people you're like, yes, great. I was hoping I would meet people right. with names like this. Um, he meets this guy named Eddie. And uh, Eddie, Eddie thinks is just kind of dumb, but he like kind of likes Eddie. He kind of has fun with Eddie. And then Eddie like... Uh, <laughs> it sounds like him and Eddie were traveling together for like a... Like a Maybe not super long, maybe just like a week or two, but that kind of like, you know, we really went through it. We were in the trenches together. You know, uh, we we were both stuck in places where we couldn't find rides. We were out of money. We like grew close. And then he said, uh, like a truck pulled up and this guy was like, I've only got room for one. And Eddie jumped in. And he was like, all right, let's go. And Eddie was wearing his shirt and he was like, oh, that motherfucker. He had my shirt. Mm. But then he's like, but I found that shirt later, which I'll get to later. Oh, planting. Yeah. See, I didn't the, know that there was uh, like any kind of like foreshadowing or yeah, anything. Yeah, because he like this wrote book. this all like pretty far after, like a while, years after the fact, I think. Oh, okay. um, so, yeah, there there's a few times where he's they like. They on La Bamba, too. They were all fighting who gets on the plane and then the plane crashed. Oh, is that what happened in La Bamba? I think so. I don't. I never saw La Bamba, but that's I mean, my it makes understanding. Sense. Even if that didn't happen in real life, like they put, put that, that in the, the movie, movie yeah, and exactly. it adds some, you know, and then everybody in the theater can go. I don't. They they don't know that plane's gonna crash. They shouldn't even mm. want to get in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I so uh, him and Eddie they they get uh, offered jobs as carnies like I think in Nebraska mm. and he like thinks about it for a second he's like ah maybe I should just like be a carny but he's like nah I get oh carny. he doesn't become a carny no some book uh, for a while he's in the you know, he's traveling in the, like the uh, back of a pickup truck these like two uh, like farm boys are driving and uh, he talks a lot about how there are piss calls piss calls yeah where it's like piss call and it's like you know we're pulling over so everybody can take a piss 
But then uh, this one guy wanted to take a piss and they wouldn't stop. So he's like, oh, I'll pee out the back of this pickup truck. And the the two idiots driving were like, oh, let's swerve the truck all around. They're going 70 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> this guy pissed all over himself because they did that. And it's the that guy to our friend who <laughs> denied when we brought it up in front of a party full of people last week, <laughs> yeah, denied the, that he peed out the window of his van. And it went in and it out went, one window and in another. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. He knew what we were talking about, right? Absolutely. But okay. I, I, but it was also that kind of thing where it's like, you're denying this. And I get why you're denying this. I shouldn't be telling this story. Yeah. I'll drop it. Um but this, like, they're all laughing at themselves, and they're like, he was covered. He was soaked in piss. And it's like, all right. And then you had to keep sitting next to him as yeah, you're dr- I mean, driving across the country. Yeah, I mean, that happened in the 40s. Is this the 40s that no, this happened? No, it is the 50s. It you, was said, like 19- you said he wrote it in 1950, and it was years after no, the fact that happened. No, this was like 19... 19- I want to say... I'm going by your timeline, Tom. Look, man, time's fucking... To beatniks, man? Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. No, I mean, I think it's like 1949 Okay, so to I said 1951. 40s. I think it's like two years he was doing, he was like traveling back and forth across the country. That's the thing, too. I thought on the road it was like, ah, this is like the story of a couple of weeks. And I think that might be the case because apparently most of the book is about him and Allen Ginsberg traveling. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, the, uh, I just have like a couple of other notes. One was... They, you know, they were in, uh, I don't know, some podunk, t- so some podunk town somewhere. And he's like, uh, sees like a hot girl and a girl who's not hot that he describes very, uh, what does he say about her? He's like a beautiful leggy blonde and a fat brunette. <laughs> um, but his line after that is they were dumb and sullen, but we wanted to make them. <laughs> Did they make I, them? I had to put the uh, I had to put the book down after that. Um, he talks a lot about Neil Cassidy. That's okay. like one of the other big characters. Yeah, in the book. you mentioned him earlier. Yeah, Neil Cassidy is just like a straight up scumbag. Wait, wasn't he Dean Moriarty? Yeah, yeah, he's like the most famous guy from this book. Okay, that makes sense because he's just like a total scumbag so far in this book. Uh, he he tells a story about uh, how uh, Neil Cassidy's pool hall buddies would get mad at like a cop, you know, like a cop in town, mm-hmm. and Neil would be like, "Ah, I'll I'll take care of him. You just go steal their police car and drive it into a tree." <laughs> That's funny though. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty funny. But uh, did he ever get caught doing shenanigans like that? Oh yeah, he 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 got. It sounds like a lot of the shenanigans happened when he was a minor, mm. so he like kind of got away with it. But it also, there's like there there's a bunch in this where it's like Neil's married and like 
he's going through a separation with his wife, but he's still having sex with his wife every day and then going to a different hotel and having sex with like this other woman that he's shacking up with. Right. And then like going out with these guys and finding other women to have. He's just a, a total horn dog. Hey. If you ask me. Uh, I, I was asking you and yeah, yeah, I agree that he's a horn dog, but, uh, where where I left off, it was uh, he's talking about Allen Ginsberg and Neil because like Neil wants to be a writer and is like trying to learn from Allen Ginsberg because even even at this like young age, Allen Ginsberg is like next level writing. Uh, you know, they all know he's very good, right? And uh, but it's. <sighs> I mean, I, I, like, get, I get why this book was so popular back then, but like what he's what he talks about, he's like it's basically like Alan, it's like Allen Ginsberg and Neil, they would have these conversations where they were like, let's get to the bottom of our minds, but they would be on fucking speed. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what people do when they take drugs. They they think they're more interesting than they are. They think other people on drugs are interesting. It's like these are a couple of speedheads. Were you on drugs when you uh, read it? I wasn't on drugs when I read it. Maybe that's mm. why I wasn't completely enamored. Well, you with liked it. it. I liked it before, like his friends got involved. Because okay. all of his friends, you know, they're you didn't all, like uh, Dean Moriarty. You know, I liked. No, not really. There's a cop here, so I'm going to steal his car and drive it into a tree. That's no, funny. No, because like, I'm Tom, not. Tom, uh, you watch the Jackass movies as much as I do. <laughs> I couldn't make it through the latest Jackass yeah, movie. Yeah, to me. Too old. A lot of buttholes yeah. and ball sacks in the movie. So I don't like the new guy. His name is Poopies. Yeah, one of the new guys is Poopies. Mm. Yeah. It's a dumb. Come name. on, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, jackass boys, grow up. <laughs> enough is enough. Um, no, I just felt like he, reading through like his quote unquote escapades. Right. It just kind of sounds like, oh yeah, it was just uh, like a rich white kid who didn't get in trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's what, but like, you're going to hate the book because, uh, like, some of it sounds I'm fun. I'm not going to hate the book. It's just, there, there I were. I mean, I hate the book from yeah. what I hear, from what I've heard about it. Like I said, from what, from what I read so far, I liked reading parts where he's just like, where he's on his own on the road, just meeting new people constantly. Right. That was interesting. But then when it's like, yeah, and we're at a house party, and like this guy is trying to make with this girl, but this girl had already made it with this guy, and this guy's doing speed, and this guy's got to be in Denver tomorrow. It's just like boring. It's just, it's, it sounds it's like not some, writing, it's typing. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like somebody on speed just remembering like a party right. they went to. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, at least now he's like getting into explaining like Neil Cassidy as a person. Mm -hmm. But before this, there were just so many names where it's like, I don't, I know this name because it's a famous name, you know, like Allen Ginsberg. But it's like, but I don't know. Barack Obama. I don't know. He's not in this. He wasn't even born yet. Um, mm, but yeah, it's just the like, Chum gang he's doesn't throwing, make an appearance. <laughs> 
Uh, it's just a lot of like references to people and it's like, this guy's a genius. And then it's just like a page of like, uh, this guy's a genius. And like, here's how like shitty of a husband he is, uh, to, and like, how just like, I don't know, just shitty this person is. And I, I don't know if it's just a product of the times that like, we're not as into like hero worship nowadays. Yeah. And you realize like, ah, that person just kind of sucks. And it's like, I know people like that. I feel like also you get to know people. I mean, maybe just cause like we live in New York and it's like an entertainment town and you get to know people that then become a little bigger or whatever. And you're like, that guy's a scumbag. I know that guy's a scumbag. Who are you talking about? Tim, I'm talking about. You're thinking, you're thinking. <laughs> it's going to be very funny, whatever you say next. Ed Sullivan. Oh, uh, Ed Sullivan. Yeah. The man passed away, Tom. What? Yeah. No. Ed Sullivan, no longer with us. I uh, don't know, probably 1984. <laughs> probably even earlier. Um, well, now I have to know when Ed Sullivan died. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I like the other stuff, and I do think he's actually a pretty good writer because, like, a lot of the, a lot of the other parts where he's talking about just like traveling and like sleeping in railroads and stuff, like it really does a great job of like painting a picture. But like I said, I just don't like when he's talking about his like other uh, loser friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ed Sullivan died in 1974. Yeah, it was ten years off. And also, it's like you're, I don't know, reading this. And again, it's like if I, I don't know, it just kind of reminds me of like the way I felt when I was 20 years old about Chuck Palahniuk, <laughs> where it's like, oh, this is so fucking cool. And then when you get older, you're like, eh. It's fine. It's fine, but like it's kind of lame and like. I don't know. You just kind of like see the seams of where like somebody's trying to be provocative. Uh, and it's understandable. You know, he's like, you know, in his 20s and that's what you're going to do. But again, I so far, it, like I said, I've liked some of it, but it also strikes me very much as a product of boomerdom of just like, no, you understand, man. He wrote like nobody else. Yeah. Well. He typed like nobody else. That's true. Um, yeah, I also feel like anything, the exploits of people in their 20s yeah. with no consequences, so it's just like, all right, yeah, I get it. Well, and also, It's never going to be that interesting. Jack Unless Ke- it's, you know, do a heist. Yeah, do a heist. Maybe there will be- in Ve- Don't stop in Denver. Stop in Vegas. Yeah. I think they go to Vegas at some point. No, um, you're thinking of fear and loathing. That might be the case. Um, also, knowing uh, Jack Kerouac died at forty-seven. Oh, really? Yeah. Of, uh, he had a I want to say like a ruptured esophagus because he had like horrific uh, psoriasis of the liver because of his hard drinking. Jesus. So it's also that kind of thing too, where it's like, eh, these stories are getting a little less fun when it's like, and this killed him pretty prematurely. <laughs> like, yeah. The, you know, it sounds like he had a lot of fun, but you know, he died uh, relatively young. And uh, 
See, it, I, I didn't know we were speaking ill of the dead this whole time. Oh, you thought he was still alive. I thought he was still with us. Yeah, that is what, like 120 years old? <laughs> yeah. I guess he's not a boomer, huh? No. No, I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's more that... Just lionized by the boomers? Yeah, I mean, and again, like, you know, uh, somebody like Chuck Palahniuk, yeah, where it's like, well, when I was reading him, I was 10 years younger than him. And at least I don't know how old he is. But uh, but yeah, you're reading somebody who's older than you that you're like, oh, man, this is so cool. So I could totally see if you're like 15, 16 in the 50s or the 60s reading this, you're probably like, oh, this is hot shit. Like, there's nothing like this out there. I don't know. I, I feel that a lot about. I mean, it, it's a tough thing where where when somebody's first to something, then that becomes such a cliche that yeah. afterwards you're like, you, you can't see the the impact that it had. Exactly. So I, I'm trying to keep that in mind. Yeah. That it's like, no, in the 50s, there was nothing like this. This was a very novel thing. Right. Even though, even though it was just you know a drug addict <laughs> typing maniacally at a typewriter with no editor, uh, Tom, mm-hmm. you are twenty years younger than Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, there's an even better. You know, yeah. I'm twenty. This guy's forty, writing about things he did fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Anyway, you're gonna finish the book. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I'll put a schedule up, but I don't even know how to really do a schedule yeah. because there's like, you know, you would have to be reading this version of it and... Just say what word you're ending on every week. <laughs> yeah. So I think we'll do uh, like two or three more weeks. I'll I'll get through the rest of it. I mean, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of Is there thinking, a movie on the road? I don't think so i figured we would just find some wacky thing for you to write i mean if you if you write anything you want me to write a book if you are reading along uh this is the last thing i read this week i'm going to divorce luann and marry caroline and go live with her in san francisco but this is only after you and i dear alan go to texas dig bill that gone cat i've never met and both of you've told me so much about, and then I'll go to San Fran. Then they got down to business. They sat on the bed cross-legged and looked straight at each other. I slashed in a nearby chair and saw all of it. They began with an abstract thought, discussed it, and they just like, they, they're on drugs. And I was like, wow, this is a cool conversation. <laughs> Listening to two guys on drugs. I mean, But again, it's like, you know, if you're in Nebraska in the 50s, yeah, it is probably mind-blowing to listen to two people on drugs talk. If you're in New York City in 2022, yeah. it's the last thing you want to hear. <laughs> you hear it all day. Tom, there was a movie in 2012. Oh, really? Okay. Called On the Road, starring Sam Riley. Do you know him? It sounds familiar. Garrett Hedlund? Not familiar. Kristen Stewart? Oh, very familiar. Oh, yeah. Okay, I do Amy remember this. Amy Adams. Okay. Elizabeth Moss. Hey. 
Kirsten Kiki Dunst. Wow. So they they skimped on the male actors, but they went all out on the. the uh, I think female you might actors. change your tune in a moment. <laughs> Vigo Mortensen. Oh, okay. Um, who else do I? Nobody. Oh, Steve Buscemi. Hey. I'll watch this movie. Yeah, I'll watch it too. No, I'll watch it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do two <laughs> you more. You read this piece of shit. I'll watch this piece Two of more shit. weeks of the book. Oh, boy. <laughs> Even that's going to short. Normally, we do four weeks. Well, we'll do two more weeks. We'll get through the rest of the book. Do what you want, Tom. No, nah, I want to get through it. Talk about people making it. Sooner. Read about people making it all it's the time. It's not making it, Tim. It's just making. Making. Making yeah. water. <laughs> what? Tim, do you think that's how that sex works? Pissing. All right. Uh, thanks for being a patron. We love you very much. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>